Hello and welcome to episode 277 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, who you can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew. I hope that all of our listeners are going well, all the people of planet Earth and everyone listening to this in the future. That's that's quite a coverall. Yeah, well, sometimes you want to put out the good vibes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are we going to care about the people in the past? No, of course ah, not. Good. That means you don't have to worry about saying anything nice about Hitler. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a nice person and a shitty artist as well. That's right. And fucking. Yeah. Furthermore, that's a well-known fact that Hitler never, ever used Manscaped products. He did not. If there's one thing I like a segue from, it's the leader of the Third, <laughs> third Reich into our wonderful sponsors of Manscaped.com. You know, if you go to Manscaped.com, right, and you use our code, which is NRL at checkout, you get free shipping, but more importantly, you get 20% off of everything that you purchase. I recommend the Lawnmower 3.0 because it's got so much advanced engineering involved in it. Uh, it's got precision engineered blades so you can be confident when you're trimming around your testicles, your penis, whatever else you've got down there. I'm not judging. Um, it's got an upgraded motor that has 7,000 RPMs and it's got it's the patented quiet stroke technology. I love quiet stroke, don't you? Who doesn't? First of all, yeah, 7,000 exactly. RPM, mate. That thing sounds like it's more powerful than two Datsun 120Ys. I reckon it would be. I reckon it would be. Way whiter. Way more pulling powder. Uh, and it's got a convenient charging dock that's powered by USB, and it charges a lithium-ion battery it's for up to 90 minutes of use. I don't know what more you could want in something that you're going to use to shave your genitals with. So go to Manscaped, buy the Lawnmower 3.0, and get 20% off by putting in our code NRL. Beautiful. That was fantastic. Um, man, there's been a lot of news going on in the last few days. Yeah, there has. The NRL is starting to heat back up a little bit again, and we've seen a little bit of drama, a little bit of, you know, a cunt wants to come back. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into that then. Okay. Um, apparently Shane Flanagan looks like he could be about to get his ban overturned. Well, we can't. We call it a ban. It's more like a... Um, Completely not banned, because he's been yeah. able to be an assistant coach the whole time. Yeah, he went um, from having a life ban to it not being a life ban to kind of a, being an assistant coach to now they're saying if he picks up a job towards the end of the ban, they'll just let him take the job. Yeah. And I did see someone made a tweet today saying um, he's one of only seven coaches to win a premiership in the last so many odd years. Who wouldn't want him as coach? And I thought, hmm, any team that has a moral responsibility. I tweeted from the, well, our, our, I actually got in contact with one of our interns and said, tweet this right now. And they tweeted out anybody with a shred of integrity. Pretty, yeah, that pretty much sums up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'd hate to think that he's going to take his job back at the Cronulla. Um, Cause that's where a lot of the talk is sort of directed at the moment. Mm hmm. If there's one coach in the NRL who does not need to be replaced, it's John Morris. Nope. I don't know. We've spoken about this extensively. Um, I don't have shares in John Morris. Let's just make that clear. It's one thing I don't have shares in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he's been able to turn around, help turn around the Sharks to make them a team that people don't constantly look at as cheats. They still do to some degree, but not to the same degree as when Flanagan was there. Yeah. He's made them an entertain, entertaining team to watch. They're not constantly pilfering the talent from other clubs to stock up their roster. They're using mm-hmm. a lot more of their own um, local juniors and stuff like that, and it's having a big impact. Yeah. Um, and he came in very, very suddenly when Flanagan got asked again. Uh, so he had to just step into the role, and he's done a fantastic job in that time. He hasn't missed the finals the whole time yet for the mm-hmm. last two years. A lot of people were suggesting that they weren't going to make the finals. He still got them there. Hasn't been fantastic, but he's done enough to get them there. 
which I think is enough to prove that he deserves to stay on, especially the, given that there's an awful lot of money tied up in players that, that uh, Flanagan signed, mm-hmm. which is going to come to an end this year, which will uh, we'll actually get to see what Morris wants his team to look like at the end of this year based on who he's going to sign, who he's going to let go, that sort of thing. Because he's got Dugan, I think Moylan, Aaron Woods, um, Sean Johnson. I think they're all off contract. Andrew Fafida might be as well. Or he might like be next Fafida, year. I feel like Fafida is this year, hey? I don't know he why. Might be. But that's, that is a lot of money in, in those four or five players there. A lot of money. And, like, I just don't know what more you could want out of Morris because, like, the first year he took over, he takes over at the last minute. And then, like, every year he started with something that he's had to manage that's been pretty full on. And he's taken what has been, at times, a Sharks team that has looked finished and has brought through youngsters, has made them look pretty good, has made some really shrewd signings. And, you know, he's done a fantastic job. I think you and me, his first year, we said he should have been coach of the year pretty easily. Mm. And even last year, it was a really good case for him for being coach of the year last year. Yeah, he's... I don't know. I, uh, I was quite a critic of his as a player when he's at the West Tigers, mm-hmm. mostly because of the way he was brought to the club. Um, not many people know this. And, yeah, there'll be a little West Tigers rant here. Fuck it, let's go. Um, <laughs> we, you know, when when Scott Prince went to the Titans, um, Tim Sheens, in all his wisdom, said, "You know, I'm going to sign the next Cooper Cronk to be our halfback," and he signed a hooker from Parramatta to be our next halfback. And it was it was uh, poor old Johnny Morris, uh, and John Morris played much of the much of his time at the Tigers. Obviously, in the house because I mean we had Robbie Farrow at the peak of his career, mm-hmm. so there's no need for him to be playing at nine, and it was disastrous. I mean, we went yeah. from winning a premiership to just missing out in the finals after that to not making the finals at all until John Morris left. Yeah, it's not John Morris's fault, mind you. It's Tim Sheen's fault for signing him and making him play out of position the whole time. Morris then went to Cronulla, played exclusively as a hooker there, and was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he was. He was a hooker. Um, but yeah, as a coach, I, I can't see any reason why. I'll put it this way. If if I was in a situation where I had to sign a new coach and they're both going to cost exactly the same, one was Flanagan and one was Morris, I'm taking Morris. Oh, it's, it's not even a question, huh? not even a question. And that's the thing too. John Morris would probably demand less money than Flanagan. There's plenty of going to go there and say, I want a premiership. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. You won't mention, obviously, the stuff he was doing that probably devalues him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, John Morris can't, can't sit there and lay claim to have won a premiership and been around for that long period of time and yada, yada, yada. But I, I think he is far better. And I think he's been a huge reason behind the Sharks turning around their perception amongst fans and the media and stuff like that. I mean, under Flanagan, how, how many seasons did you hear the Sharks struggling to get an on-field sponsor? Yeah, true. And the other thing is, too, I mean, if you sign Flanagan as a coach, you can't just turn over a lot of the things to him that you would any other coach Oop. because of his track record. Can't like, trust him. No, exactly. And these aren't small things either. Like, any one of the things he did can be absolutely destructive to a club and he did them all to the sharks i don't understand why anyone at the sharks would want anything at all to do with him because the absolute damage he has caused to that club that they're still i mean they've still got the hangover effects from it um i don't understand why anyone would even be entertaining bringing him back i think it's i think it's more the media pushing that agenda i'm not sure the sharks are genuinely that keen in him Mm. so remember when there was some discussion about the Sharks looking for a new coach for whatever fucking reason, they're stupid, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were looking at Paul Green. Even though there was talk of Shane Flanagan might be available, they were looking at Paul Green, apparently. Yeah. So that even suggested that within the club itself, they weren't looking at Flanagan. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I'm guessing this could be talk coming from Buzz Rothfield, given he's a Sharks fan and he's probably a bit of a, a mate of Flano's. Who knows? Isn't it weird? I've got that when... feel about it. It's weird when there are certain people that 
are pushed by the media. I don't get it. Like, I understand that there's friends of journalists and stuff like that, but I don't know. I, I just don't understand it personally. And there's names that you see pushed here and there and then others that they deride nonstop. And it's all of these bullshit agendas that people have. I like it. And it's why people, it's great for us. It's great for you and me because oh, yeah. it, people are turning <laughs> away from all that mainstream media shit that's in rugby league press in droves and they're coming to podcasts and stuff like that. And so, man, our numbers have been great. <laughs> yeah, thanks, media. We'll still shit on you, but thanks anyway. Yeah. Um, now, of lighter news here. Mm-hmm. Luciano Lailua and Jacob Little had a dust-up at training. Apparently, this is news. Um, apparently, and this is, this is the funny part of it. Yeah. Apparently, Lailua took exception to Little's passing at a dummy half. All right. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Yeah, a low lure complaining about passing. Yeah. I wonder, remember when Andrew Johns used to get the shits with that English hooker? Um, what was his name? It was in the, the 97 area. Ah, oh, what was his name? Is that Lee Jackson? Lee Jackson, that's it. And he would get angry. He would yell at him on the field because his service had a dummy half. was terrible. <laughs> um, I wonder if it was something along those lines where Leilu was just sick of him getting passes down near his knees or something, and he had a go at him about it. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a um, big hoo-ha-ha over, essentially, a little problem. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now we've got that crap out of the way. Um, <laughs> the new, news come out today that the Dragons have completed their complete fucking debacle over their hooker situation because mm-hmm. they got rid of arguably their most wholehearted player and their captain in Cameron McInnes. Uh, was it a week or two ago? He's going to go to the Sharks mm-hmm. who don't need him. And... They've come across his replacement, and that replacement is Andrew McCulloch. Yeah. Now, this is interesting because this blew up in the media today here in Sydney. Uh, And it started with McCulloch was about to go to the Broncos, and he's about to sign the contract and all that sort of stuff. That was what the media was saying. And I thought, wow, this is cool because on the podcast tonight, we can talk about how it's a backward step for the Broncos and what are they doing signing a guy that has been a bit of a has-been. I mean, when was his last good year? It was probably about two or three years ago. And then immediately it came out that the Dragons are looking to offer him a three-year contract, which is absolutely outrageous. Uh, Yes, Andrew. Hey? I'm saying to McCulloch, say yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, he should no one else is going to throw a three-year contract at you. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, and then the uh, it's a weird one. It's a really weird one, a, a move that I think is a bad one for the Dragons. There'll be people that will say, oh, they're getting him for his experience and blah, blah, blah. Man, chuck, chuck the experience out the window for some talent because he has been a bludger for a number of years. Um, He was at the Broncos when he was up at the Broncos, and I can't believe that the Dragons would be looking at him. It's it's a genuine head-scratcher. You know what it is? It's a Paul McGregor signing. I thought he left the club. It's like his soul lives on in the walls. (laughs) Maybe it does. New coach, new everything. They got rid of the old assistant coaching system. Everything's changed, yet they still make these signings. I mean, what the fuck? It's like a Steven Spielberg horror movie. Yeah. Like that maybe the club officers, uh, the ground is sour. Yeah, the <laughs> the, uh, the negotiating table is sour. Yeah. What the hell? That's yeah. just insane. It's a weird one, hey? really is. Um, going through the news pretty quick. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a quick episode. This is great. That's what we say all the time. Yeah. We'll end up talking about horses or something later. Who knows? <laughs> um, now, two Raiders players about a week ago got busted. I think it was DUI. Corey Horsburgh and Corey Harawiranira. Yep. Um, and today, Ricky Stewart has said he's going to drop both of them from the NRL side. Yeah, it's uh, 
you know, they've both got to appear in court um, and their court appearances are coming up. One's in March. Uh, I can't remember when the other one was. But anyway, they they both got to appear in court. It's interesting, uh, Corey Harawira Naira, he come from the Bulldogs after that, um, you know, pre-season Coffs Harbour Tinder incident. Yes. And you would have thought that he would have just kind of kept his head down, but this has happened. And, you know, you, you could think to yourself, like, how does he think he can get away with, with all this stuff? Because he can get away with all this stuff. Like, he left one job, went into another job. You know, he's in demand. So he can get away with this stuff. And Stuart has said he will probably drop them. It'll be interesting to see if he actually does drop them or if he finds a reason that he needs them. I think given that neither of them are vitally important, obviously, I think Horsburgh showed last year that he's a very, very good player to have on the bench rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Rainera should be. But I think given that because they're just forwards, uh, sorry to put down forwards, they were saying just forwards, but given they're just forwards, they're not spine players. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks to his guns on that one. He just gives some other young forwards a run for a few weeks. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a huge issue for Ricky to, to to drop him for a few weeks. And I say, well done, Ricky Stewart. He's shown more um, more balls about player behaviour than the NRL does. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really good. Uh, and this is before they've been, you know, they've been in court and all that. I mean, the NRL might impose fines on them and things like that down the track. So it's good that Stuart's sort of getting on the front foot on this and, uh, you know, giving them some sort of penalty. He seems pretty pissed off about it, Stuart, which is, it's good. It's it's different because normally we see rugby league or people within rugby league coming out and saying, oh, they're good blokes and it's not yeah. their going, blah, 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 blah. Trying to protect them and all sort of crap. Exactly, exactly. And Stuart seems to have not done that in this situation, which we need more of. We need yeah. players and coaches and officials to be more accountable. Is that right? And that's that's genuine leadership. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, no, like a massive thumbs up to Ricky Stewart for that one. Stick with it, Ricky. Um, over in England... Big news because uh, Robert Elstone has decided he's going to walk away from his role as the uh, the Super League murderer. <laughs> sorry, sorry, chairman. No, no, you were right the first time. I, uh, I, I couldn't remember which one it was. I, I was confident <laughs> it was murder, but I wasn't too sure. Um, who? Uh, nah, Super League needs to get someone in there who is going to ignore pretty much the demands of the clubs. And look at Super League as a business and try and figure out how to make that thing work because the clubs have practically run Super League to the point of the utter disgraceful dog shit thing it is right now as a business. Yeah, I agree. And look, I I think the big thing that his legacy will be the fact that he allowed the Wolfpack to die off so easily and he replaced them with a tiny, tiny little town. So we went from having 6.1 million people in Toronto to as a catchment area for a Super League team, and that was allowed to die for a place that it has a catchment area of, what was it, like 15,000 people, which mm. was brilliant, brilliant move. And then in the last few weeks, uh cost the game £750 million, pounds, when they decided to not go with a uh, a private equity group, so look to bring money into the game and actually had to pay up seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Imagine if Super League had have used that seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds on the Toronto Wolfpack and keeping them in the competition. Yeah, it's. I mean, the whole debacle over the wolf pack. I, I, you just shake your head. How can they get that so utterly wrong? Mm. They yeah. Completely, completely fucked that up. And at the same time, gave second, third, fourth, 50, 60 chances to English northern, you know, northern region clubs. Well, you, Constantly. You and me, 
you and me were having a laugh about calling them Northern Union from now on because that's what they they still are. Like, well, you're basically looking at a competition that is almost the exact same as it was in 1895. And, you know, the, the idea that they're looking to expand beyond what they've got now, it's just out the door. Um, I, I, I just... It's disgraceful what they did to the Wolfpack. Absolutely disgraceful. And they're not going to get any investment from anyone else. After everyone saw how many millions were poured into the Wolfpack and then the first sign of trouble, they just kicked them out. Why would you invest in a team over there? Yeah, it's... I don't know. It, it's hard to see how they fix this either. Like it's at almost They're almost at the point where they have to start from scratch, and mm-hmm. that's not going to be too hard to do because scratch is pretty much all they've got left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, like, there's talk about who should come in and what they sh- should they do and stuff like that. I, I agree with you. Like, I at this stage, there's a lot of talk that the Rugby Football League will take Super League back under its wing, and that's happened on and off over the course of Super League's entire life. Um, well, it'd, it'd, just, be cheap, it'd be cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the game in England going around in circles again, chasing its own tail and then wondering why nobody else in the rest of Great Britain gives a flying fuck about it. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't Elston and a heap of executives all get massive pay increases for themselves as soon as he turned up? Or at least, Yeah, or like a bonus or something. There was. I remember reading something about that. Yeah. So, you know, it was absolutely on its bloody ass when he got in there. And he just mm. thought, well, you know, we better make sure we get paid first. Yeah. For for the great work that we don't plan on doing. It's a it's a real disgrace. And I, I just think, you know, so much was taken out of the out of the life of Super League when Toronto died. And yeah. You know, I, I I don't see much enthusiasm even from Super League fans for Super League. Um, it's got a real stink about it, unfortunately, because it's not good for the game. You know, the game needs a, a good professional competition in the UK. Unfortunately, Super League can't provide it. No. Um, although, if you had asked Wigan owner Ian Lennigan, he would tell you that uh, Super League is in a good place. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, pretty much saying that uh, Elston has been a good thing for Super League. He would say that given that, you know, Wigan still exists, I guess. Yeah, and it's probably one of the few things you could buy in Super League that would be worth anything. And we're talking about really just the name, you know, for name recognition. I still can't believe that the Rugby Football Union hasn't stepped in and said, let's buy three Super League clubs, finish all of this off. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where you go about fixing this either. There's so much that needs to be done. Mm. Um, you know, they've, I don't know I've spoken about it before, but they've destroyed their bargaining power with sponsors mm-hmm. purely through giving away deals more often than once now for yep. free. Um. That that crap's got to end. It really does. You cannot be giving stuff away for free because every time you come up for a new deal, guess what the starting price is going to be that you're not going to be able to move from? Exactly. Zero. Yeah. Oh, but you gave this guy something for nothing. Why can't we get it? And then Super League's in a situation where they go, well, do we want to have absolutely no sponsor or do we want to have a sponsor and look like we're doing something professional? How do we get something out of this? And then all of a sudden, they're scratching the barrel to try and get something for themselves out of a negotiation, which they were supposed to be supposed to go the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they're big deals. They get a bunch of free stickers on lorries, some free fucking pizzas and garlic bread. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. It's it, Mickey it, Mouse is what it is. It really is. It's you know, if the New South Wales Rugby League was run like that, uh, you'd blow up about it. And look, the New South Wales Rugby League isn't very well run at all. But, uh, yeah, it, like Super League, they should be far better than this. There's enough money where there should be much more accountability than this. And there's just not, you know, and, and the game's going to die because of it at this rate. Well, it, 
that's the that's more likely to happen than anything else at this stage, unless they get a genuine leader in there. And I don't know how you do get a genuine leader in there. I don't think a genuine leader would go for the job, hey, because you would have to deal with so much whinging, so much political bullshit. You've got to run everything by the clubs. There's no money to work with. The markets that you're running the game out of are, are tiny and you want to break into bigger media markets, but no one will let you break into them. That is running. That is really running the game. So, like, what do you do? I just don't know what you do with it. As I, said, I think they, you know, without... Without going back over comments before, I think they need to make Super League a broader competition mm-hmm. and with less rounds. Yeah. So take it out to 16 teams, have 22 rounds. That way you can still have your Challenge Cup in there because you, for some reason, want to hang on to that. Um, that would work better. You've got more markets. And make sure that the, the teams that you're bringing in aren't from Northern England. No. Bring in a you know, bring in a team from um, from you know another team from France, one from Canada. Try and get that team in there from New York. Um, bring in another team from yeah you know, somewhere else in Europe, perhaps. Mm-hmm. The reason why you've got to have teams in other countries, okay? There's so many reasons for it. One, obviously, you're tapping into a, a lot of different TV markets, so you can get a lot of different TV deals. They might all be small but they're better than just one small deal. If you get a few small deals all together, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit better. Yeah. You're also, you know, you're able to draw on new sponsors in those areas, local to those regions. There's another good thing to bring some money into the game. Um, Plus, and most importantly, you can start sitting down grassroots footy and start having a lot of young players coming into the game from new markets that weren't there before to help grow the game and make it bigger. Classic example is when the New South Wales Rugby League put a team in Auckland. Mm-hmm. It set up pathways to get Pacific Island players and New Zealand players into the into the New South Wales Rugby League competition. And now look at them. They're everywhere, and they're dominating the game. And to the point now that Tonga can now beat any team at once in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in all of the talk about Super League and what's going on with the finances and stuff, like you've got to look at the way that the junior development is over in the UK and it's a mess and it's yeah. getting worse. Like it has got, it, it is it has died in the ass over the last 10 years and it wasn't good to begin with. Um, I, it just needs a complete overhaul from top to bottom. And well, again, I, just, I mean that that's that's a result though of so much financial mismanagement. Yeah, that as the money starts to dwindle for these clubs to get, the amount of reach they have in the communities gets smaller and smaller and smaller as they focus more and more on trying to be successful on the field, so mm-hmm. they don't get relegated. Yeah, yeah, and relegation is is literally death over there. Yeah, it is, and like the self interest that is absolutely rampant over there. Like, it's bad over here in Australia. Over there, it is catastrophic. It is. And it's it's just strangling the game, you know? It's it's very sad to see. It is. Maybe whoever's running Leeds should take over running Super League, given that they were happy for Toronto to stay in the competition to some degree. Man, there's plenty of people that would say Leeds will run on the competition for a while there anyway. Oh, now um, that's Wigan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting how it all works, and I I just don't know. I, I I've thrown my hands up in the air about Super League. I I've had so many different ideas over the years about what I would do in in Super League and how I would fix things and stuff. And now I just think it's got too far, and I I kind of agree with you. I I would rather just start with the clean slate. Yeah, well, the the only real saviour they've got is if the NRL comes in and takes over. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't see it happening. I just nah, can't. Well, I think the NRL will do it once Super League gets to the point where it's got $1 left in the bank. <laughs> oh, you're looking for an owner, are you? Well, you know, I've got 50 pounds. 
The King, I- do you want it? Do you want it? How about the idea, right, that they wanted to sell part of themselves? Well, it was 51% to the NRL for, what was it, 71 million pounds, right? And th- But then they end up, like, giving away 750,000 pounds for nothing. Like, it's just their, their ideas about what they're worth and what they can do with their money. It looks like they went to the Rothschilds to start with to try and help them out. I mean, can you imagine being the investment company though that did the deal that said we're going to look at buying your tiny little Northern England competition, and if we decide no, you have to pay us. Like that's money in the bank. I get a feeling they would have sat there and said, "Let's drop this contract," and they would have, you know, decided to, you know, this bank would have gone out and said, "Right, let's have a few beers." A few pizzas, and let's let's see let's see how stupid they are. Let's put out the most crazy, stupidest idea we can on paper, and let's work our way towards something that's going to benefit for us anyway. Okay, so let's start with the dumbest thing possible. We do nothing and get seven hundred fifty thousand pounds. You go, that's hilarious. No one left us on that. They put it to a super goes, oh yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> They'd all be sitting there going, the fuck. It's like those email <laughs> schemes. Yeah. The email schemes where they're like, listen, you've won, you've won 250,000 pounds in the British lotto, but to access it, you've got to send us some money just for, you know, fees and stuff. Yeah. I wonder if actually that's where a lot of the uh, Super League money's gone. <laughs> just on email schemes. And that and Reader's Digest ones. Possibly. They're still sitting there sending in coupons and vouchers and stamps and stuff to Reader's Digest. It's kind of the era they're stuck in. It is. Next thing you know, Ralph Rim is going to start hosting Tupperware parties soon to try and raise some cash. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to go door knocking with um with Yorkie bars. There'd be people that'd be into that in England. <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> we need to talk about our influence on some reserve grade players in Australia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, we're going to have to call him an icon now, aren't we? Well, he's one of the greatest players in the New South Wales Rugby League competition. It's because he is a massive supporter and promoter of Manscaped. Yes, he is. Uh, Clint Gutherson. He posted a uh, picture uh, on Instagram. Gutherino. Yeah, he says, this is what he said about himself. Nobody said this about him. He said this himself. <laughs> no one wants to see a Gutherino featuring unwanted body hair. I'm taking care of myself in all the right areas with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, either in the shower or just in front of the mirror. Oh, hang on. I haven't got the rest of what he said. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he calls himself Gutherino. I mean, don't you call yourself the League Freak Arena? No, I call myself the Glorious League Freak. It's all very formal. I had to go to Glorious School and everything. Is it... You can't change it to Glorious League Freak Arena? The Glorious League Freak Arena. How about the, the Glorious League Arena Freak Arena? What about Fergarino? Uh, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's got a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gutherino's using Manscaped. Yeah, good luck to him. I wonder if he comes out with the Pappenhausen, because it's Pappenhausen month here at the Fergo and the Freak podcast. Tell you what, March is looking like it's going to have to be the Gutherino season. Guthr- so what would the Gutherino see, uh, month look like? I guess it's long, flowing locks. <laughs> Especially <laughs> down below the balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they jiggle. Well, yeah, you know, my, my three the, do. What what does the <laughs> what did he call the the the, the dance he did? The dance. Oh, what was that? He, called? he named that after himself as well, didn't he? Was it just called the Gutho? It might have been. I can't remember. <laughs> Sit there doing the jiggling his nuts, doing the Gutho, <laughs> the, the flowing locks underneath the balls. I just think it's amazing how much our great sponsor like we we started this whole movement in australia when they come to us and they said hey fellas 
let's do this. Let's bring Manscaped to Australia. And now everyone's on board. Even Clint Gutherson. Yeah, yeah. The thing that Gutho doesn't have, though, he doesn't have the the 20% off and free shipping that we give everyone for you. Do you reckon he listens to this podcast and got that discount code? 100%. Love your work, Gutho. Welcome on the podcast anytime, mate. Yeah. If you want to come on, we've wanted to talk to a New South Wales Cup player for a long time, (laughs) and you're more than welcome to speak to us. Yeah, we won't talk football. We'll just talk about, you know, the the way you use Manscaped products. Yeah. Um, You know, styles you use, that sort of thing. That's all we'll talk about is manscaping. The length of cut that you like to go with. Yeah. What day of the week you like to do it on? Do you like to do it post or pre-game? And I'm not talking about, you know, that game. I'm talking about NRL games. Yeah, yeah. You're not talking about, like, well, sexual intercourse. I was going to say, when you're pulling out the Gutherino in the boudoir. The Gutherino. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, check out this Gutherino. You know. Gets it out swinging in the breeze. Even puts a fan on just to get the hair, hair falling. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you reckon he's always playing with his hair like he does on the field? Of course. Of course. I reckon. Yeah. He, do you reckon he twists it? Like it's a moustache. Oh, it just curls around his finger. Yeah, yeah. yeah just standing absolutely. there while you're like one foot up on the end of the bed, just twisting, <laughs> twisting it in his finger saying, yeah, that's why they call me the Gutherino. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, it's like, excuse me, you're in the wrong house, sir. Can you please leave? <laughs> <laughs> Who looks across and sees a woman there and says, what are you doing here? I don't need you. <laughs> I've got me. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, love your work, Gutho. Yeah. At least he's got good tastes. He does. At least he's got smooth balls. Yeah. Just like all of us that are on this podcast, everyone that listens, I, I know that there's men and women that have purchased this on the podcast um that have listened i i can't say who they are i can't name names no no we're not we're gonna be like that i mean clint gutherson but you know other than that we're not going to name names exactly but everyone has tried manscapes products have loved them and the best thing is and this is something gutho gutherino doesn't have 20 percent off and free shipping he got himself the perfect oh he got the lawnmower 3.0 but i think that is that the perfect package he's got there I think it is. He's got the perfect package 3.0. So that's the thing to do because it's got the lawnmower 3.0 in it. So go to manscaped.com, use the code NRL, 20% off, free shipping. It lets them know that you went through us and that makes them love us and us love you. Exactly. It's, fair. it's a great system. It really now, um, have we had any emails? No. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I've sprung that one on you. Yeah, you did. I feel like we might have. Hey. Go to the website, because that's the place to send them through. We have a lot of people at RT, or RT, retweet our podcast when we send them out. One of them I wanted to mention was Gibbo. He yep. always retweets our podcast all the time, and he does it pretty immediately, too. So I just wanted to say thanks to Gibbo. We've got a message here from Liam. Liam's one of our wonderful uh, emails. He emails us quite a lot. He says, Hi guys, I'm fascinated by the history of the short-lived Northern Eagles and how the merger fell apart. It's always bothered me that it doesn't exist anymore because when you look at it in a vacuum, it sounds like a slam dunk idea. That is, having one team representing a huge area of everywhere north of the Harbour Bridge all the way to Newcastle splitting home games in the rugby league crazed Central Coast and the traditional North Sydney Oval and Manly. But due to infighting, it eventually broke up and now we are stuck with the old Sea Eagles. My question is, do you think if the Northern Eagles had more on-field success, like make the finals, hell, maybe even win a premiership, that it would have been enough to bring harmony in the board? Or was this merger always destined to fail regardless of on-field performance? B.S. Do you think if a Sydney club, let's say the Roosters, said to the NRL, hey, we want to move to Gosford, 
the NRL would celebrate and let them. It just seems strange that the Bears were the only Sydney club that ever willingly said they wanted to relocate, but then got shafted and no longer exist in the top grade. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the 1998 and 1999 season episodes. Yeah, that... um... I must admit, I've not really paid much attention to what happened with the Northern Eagles. Essentially, um, Manly were the dominant partner in it all. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they just went, we don't want to be a part of this anymore and um, made it clear that they were going to to return to the NRL in 2003. And the Northern Eagles could not function without them. Yeah, and look, I I think what happened was because the Bears went broke. And Manly were on yeah. tough times after Super League. And there was some cash there that was available to teams that merged. And I think the people at Manly were like, look, we can get this cash on board. The Bears are broke. Like, they don't really have much to do with this merged entity. So what we'll do is we'll take the cash, we'll grab a couple of their players, we'll, you know, get through this rough time, and then we'll just demerge. And I, I'm pretty sure that's just what happened. That's pretty much uh, it. I mean, 2002 was basically Manly's first, you know, it was basically the Manly, Northern, mm. Eagle, Northern Eagles side 2002. It was basically Manly just playing as Northern Eagles. Yeah. Um, I think, too, Manly had been able to shore up a an ownership in 2003 or 2004, which yeah, helped, they, helped out with their finances as well. They got, uh, it was the Penn family, and I, I right. can't remember the other family, but there was two... There was mm. two owners that basically come on board and then the Penn family took over from that point on, like down the track. That's right. It's um and that that's been something that North Sydney couldn't get. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is too, like the, with the move to Gosford, the reason no other teams have looked to move to Gosford is because there's no corporate base there. It's not a, a real centralised place. Like, the the central coast is a little bit all over the shop, and it's just a not a big enough area to really carry an NRL team. Um, you know, even... I mean, these days, the stadium is undersized for an NRL stadium. And when... I, I've said this before. When you look north, the Newcastle Knights themselves in a much bigger area that is a central area that is a, a proper a city, they struggled financially and, and really do to a certain extent these days. To the south, you had the Manly Seagulls who also have struggled financially. And so to be in between those two areas, you're going to struggle financially. And, and yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, the move for the Bears to go to the Central Coast, it didn't work out for them. Uh, the timing was bad. But at the same time, I think if they had have made that move and it had have been successful during the Super League, I think that they probably would have been in trouble anyway because finances changed in rugby league and you needed a big corporate base to continue and there just wasn't one on the Central Coast. No, that's right. Um, It's funny because you still hear people, well, not so much now, but, you know, for about five or ten years after the Northern Eagles disbanded, you still hear people talking about how the Central Coast should have their own team. Mm. Um, whether they should or they shouldn't, um, I'm, I'm not really going to get into. I think if the club wants, to, if, if the NRL wants to have genuine expansion, they've got to look further away than essentially New South Wales, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you could make a much better case for Wollongong getting at, you know, the Steelers back again than you could a, a team going on the Central Coast. And then when you line the Central Coast up to, say, for instance, Perth and Adelaide, where you're dealing with cities that have million-plus people in them, it, it, you know, it just doesn't stack up. No, that's right. Um, so is that it for the for the emails? Yeah, yeah, that was the only one we had. Um, yeah, that was it. That was it. The other one, nice. the last one we got was from Liam as well. So thanks for your emails, Liam. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're keeping this con- this this podcast going along. <laughs> um, I was I was going to go through and check out the YouTube comments, but most of it's just um, people advertising their porn websites. 
Oh, go for it. No. <laughs> I'll look at them later. I'll tell you what, though. If you want to find out about them, go and subscribe yeah. to, to Fergo and the Freak on, on YouTube and then go through all the videos and through all the comments and all the videos. There's only 280 of them. Yeah. Um, and see if you can find any links there that you're interested in. <laughs> I'm sure that people can. I know that our followers are degenerates. Do you reckon? I don't know. I reckon they'd be into it. Yeah. They might be into it, yeah. By the way, we're going to announce very soon there will be a Fergo and the Freak uh, NRL.com tipping competition. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. So we won't announce details right now because I haven't got them to hand, but one was set up by Julie for us, and... Yeah, we'll give you all the details in the next episode. Yes. Um, should I get involved? Yeah, you should. You should. Okay. You know, just you know, being an expert and all. Yeah. You know what? I'll join up, but I'll intentionally put in bad tips just so everyone feels good. Okay. That's very kind of you. Look, I've been I've been doing this you know, the bad tipping thing for a long time. I don't even want to think that I'm, you know, taking advantage of the situation and, and my skills and my expertise. I intentionally tip like shit so that no one gets suspicious of me. See, I would like to, I, I don't have an NRL.com um, like account. So I, I'm thinking that maybe I should do that, join up and then just crush everyone. Yeah, I, I think you should. Yeah, just dominate everyone. Yeah. yeah, until you get bored doing that. Well, as you know, that the, my problem is I forget to put my tips in. And so the t- only tipping that I do is the uh, who tipped what competition. Mm. And it's not really even a competition. It's just, you know, bragging rights. And I only um, amongst, do that. Amongst journalists and yeah. um, people who are important. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, those uh, two different groups of people. I just like, I, you know why I do it? I like doing it because I know there are people that look at those ladders and are furious to see that I beat them every year. That's the only reason I do it. And like Albie, he sends me the the reminders, the email. You get the email reminder. I do that. But sometimes he'll send us both the DM and say, hey, get your tips in. And that that's a reminder as well. But yeah, I, I like looking at who's below me on the ladder and thinking, yeah, just feel that. Al, Albie's a very patient man. He really is. If I, I think... was him, I would have said, listen, dickhead, you, I fucking have reminded you 15 times this year alone. You're yeah, out. I, I'll be getting the DM saying, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> constantly reminding you to get your fucking tips in. Yeah. How many more times have I got to say to you, please put your tips in? And it's then, like talking to a five-year-old trying to get them to eat their dinner, and you've got to remind them to eat their dinner after every fucking bite. Eat your dinner. Eat and your there's dinner, never, there's dinner. never any sass in it either. It's always no. like uh, tips, fellas, tips, and it's like I would be like, <laughs> so I would be like super passive aggressive about it eventually. So, <laughs> I'm just here again asking you to put your tips in. Yeah. If it wouldn't be too much of a struggle. Well, like, well, 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 it's Friday at 4 p.m. You think you might want to put your tips in? Huh? I just put it where it just says, it's that time of the week again. (laughs) You know what I want. He's very patient. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. Um, Jeez, there's not much else to talk about, really, is there? No. Any other news? No, there's no other news. Um, I would say for everybody to follow us both on Twitter, my account is at League Freak, no spaces, and Andrew's is Andrew RLP, no spaces. Um, people should check out both of our Patreon accounts. Andrew's got one. It's patreon.com forward slash RL project, and every, every donation that goes into that goes into the digitization of rugby league history and all the great work that Andrew does in the game. I heard him find the uh, birth dates of, uh, what was it, five players from a, a test from the series? the 40s, yeah. Yeah, 40s. 
Um, and it was friggin' impressive the way that Andrew found them. He was using all sorts of databases and, you know, uh, reading uh, newspaper articles and all sorts. He found that players had different names to what they were listed with. And all of the all of the donations you give to Andrew through RL Project, it it goes into that work. And there's a lot of it you don't see. And so I think it's important people hear about it. Pays for a lot of subscriptions too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Subscribe to a lot of, um, yeah, newspaper archive websites and that sort of thing. So it's uh, uh, also it helps to uh, pay for some of the work I had to get done on the annual and next, well, the one at the end of this year is going to be round about probably three times bigger than the one we released this year. So money goes towards that. There's a ton of side costs as well. I heard um, that you've got a big name writer this year. Oh, I I try and try and spread about and have have at least one every year. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, I've got one penciled in. Haven't heard, I, fra- haven't heard back from them yet. Um, I might just have to uh, send them send them a DM four PM on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. All I can tell you is that you better you better start sending money to Andrew because he's going to have to pay through the nose. I've got a shiny dollar. <laughs> so old. Man, I'm talking to Super League again. <laughs> um, also, League Freak's got a, uh, a a patron as well. You can go to patreon.com slash leaguefreak and you can support one of the longest running independent content creators in Rugby League. Um, so go over there and, and he's got a few tiers set up over there so you can pick one. Um I think the most expensive one over there, eventually, if you start, is it three months, you end up getting a mug or something like that? You can get a T-shirt. There's a tier for a T-shirt. There's a tier for a mug. There's a tier for a sticker. And then below that, it's like just general supporter tiers. Um, and it all goes towards website costs. Uh, I actually, my boom arm for my microphone broke. So I've got to buy a screw for it. So you'll be... You'll be helping me purchase a screw if you go on to patreon.com forward slash league freak. That uh, is the lamest excuse I've ever heard for you going to a brothel. It, 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 <laughs> remember when the New South Wales players went there and they said, we didn't do anything wrong, we were just having drinks at the brothel. Yeah, we were just having drinks there. That's, That's what it. everyone does, isn't it? My my screws are more the Bunnings types. <laughs> Karen's. Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> All I know is they're wearing green aprons. Um, so, yeah, I've got... so And it goes towards site costs. It goes towards any equipment stuff that I'd like to get. Um, it goes towards my part of the hosting of the podcast, which me and Andrew, any costs we have for the podcast, we'd split them 50-50. Um, it goes to any of the, like, uh, cages and devices we use for our interns, and, and it goes like to the 57,000 websites that you own. Yes, and website addresses. Yeah, people need to get in touch with us and and let us know which website addresses League Freak needs to buy. No. Shush. Um, <laughs> contact us at, on, the, on the Twitter account, Fergo Freak Pod. Let us know. I've got a problem. Uh, got to I've make got it footy specific, though. No, n- no. Nah, nah. I've got a problem. And it's buying website addresses, and Andrew knows it, and he he'll be like, "Oh, fucking this RL address is available. You should fucking get it." I'm just and, an enabler. That's all I am. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's fucked. You're a poker machine addict, and I just supply the poker machines. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I wish I had a dollar for it. If I had a dollar for every website address I owned, it'd be good. <laughs> that's right. Um, actually, I've got something else I was going to bring up too that's footy related. Okay, yeah, what is it? All Stars Boxing. Oh, I saw this. Now, do we know on, who's fighting? It's on tomorrow. Who? Yeah. Okay, who's fighting who? Okay. And we'll put in our tips for it as well, okay? Okay, yeah, why not? Josh Papali versus Ben Hannett. Uh, hmm. I'm going Papali. Uh, it's hard to go against Papali, isn't it? That's all right. Um, Sam Thido versus Willie Mason. I'm going Willie Mason. I'm going Willie Mason in that one. <laughs> That's going to be a no contest for me. <laughs> um, Joseph Paulo versus Neville Costigan. Paulo. Neville Costigan? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'd have to go Paulo, yeah. 
And Justin Hodges versus Shandor Earl. Shandor Earl. Just, yeah. Do you remember that fight Justin Hodges had? <laughs> Fucking hell, that was embarrassing. <laughs> it was basically um, someone's dad bunching up someone else's fatter dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what he looked like? He looked like in the gym, he probably felt like he could throw them. But when he got out there and in the ring in front of everyone, like he was, he was just gassed immediately. Like he just, he was just shocked by it all. And he was just gassed immediately. It was really bad. Who was the other, there was another rugby league player that had a boxing mat. Oh, it was uh, Carl Webb. <laughs> Remember Carl Webb? God, he's got golden gloves. He's got oh, no one better mess with him. And then he got in the boxing ring and it was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not too sure what to make of this. I dare say it's going to be um, pretty scrappy looking. Actually, yeah. there was, there's another another two fights on there. Sorry. There's, um, I just saw a further on there. Scott Prince versus Todd Carney. I'll go Carney. I'm going to go Scott Prince. I reckon Carney's had to throw a few in pubs before. <laughs> He'll know what to do. Isn't he from Goulburn, Todd Carney? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's Matty Bowen versus Craig Gower. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I'm going Gower. <laughs> I am going Bowen. Oh, I, I'm going Gower for the same reason I'm going for Carney. <laughs> there's got to be a different... There's got to be a fair reach advantage to Gower in that one, surely. You'd imagine. Yeah. But I feel like that Matty Bowen, and I haven't seen him for a while, but I feel like he he he's probably turned pretty stocky. You reckon? Yeah, I feel like okay. I'm going to make a real bold prediction. Matty Bowen with the overhand right is going to knock Craig Gow the fuck out. I think Craig Gow's fighting the wrong person. Yeah, you know, if you want a headline act, you want to fight with a bit of spite. I think that needed to be Wayne Pierce versus Craig Gow. That would have been, oh, what about Mitchell Pierce? They'd be about the right. Mitchell Pierce uh, versus Craig Gower. That could work. That would be a good one. I'd I'd watch that. <laughs> Any other fights you'd like to see? Um, it'd be a good fight in rugby league. They could have they could have put um Mark Carroll versus Paul Harrigan on there. What about Terry O'Connor versus Gordon Tallis again? I reckon Terry O'Connor would beat the piss out of Gordon Tallis. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you like about English footballs, but I think when it comes to, to throwing punches, they're all mad as fuck. I'll fucking throw them. You know what would be the most violent fight you could do? Uh, Barry McDermott versus yeah. Mark Geyer. Ooh. Can you imagine that fight? That would be insane. That really would. That would be like, that would be a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to see um, uh, Adrian Morley in a fight with someone. Who could Adrian Morley? Because he's he's still built pretty solid. I reckon he could throw punches pretty well. Maybe yeah. put him in there. Actually, it'd be good to put him in there against Sam Burgess, just so you can watch someone punch the shit out of Sam Burgess. I feel like Sam Burgess wouldn't be a fighter, though. Hey, oh, well, stop, stop, <laughs> back it up. All right. Well, uh, you get the right opponent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Adrian Wall is not his type of opponent. Yeah. Yeah. We're tiptoeing. Yeah, really tiptoeing. <laughs> um, who else would be a good fight for Adrian? See, Adrian Morley didn't really have anybody that was a rival no, for him. That's because no one was, was, was game enough to have a crack at him. So you need someone who was mad. Like like Les Boyd mad. And I don't know if there's any of those people have been around for a while. Maybe Paul Gallen could take him on. Yeah, I'd watch that. Gallen versus Morley. You got, uh, give Morley a year to get trained up, just fitness wise, because I think he's he's punching is probably fine. That could probably end Gallen's boxing career. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, <laughs> please. Uh, actually, I want to check out where Paul Gallen's um. Ranking is. You know, I was... Did you watch that Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. match? No, I didn't get to. 
Yeah, I, I watched it, and there was a fight between, um, like, I think it was Jake Paul and a basketballer called Nate Robinson. I believe it was mm-hmm. Nate Robinson. And Nate Robinson got properly knocked the fuck out, like, dramatically. And Snoop Dogg was doing the commentary for it. And it was really, really entertaining. And I was listening to a podcast last night where they were saying that that kind of should be the way that boxing matches are done from now on, where you forget about the traditional setup for the, you know, the commentary and stuff, just make it entertaining. And because Snoop Dogg was so funny when he was commentating those fights. And yeah, like that's what they should do with these celebrity boxing matches that we have in Australia. They should just have some fun commentary and just make it all entertainment. Don't pretend it's serious. That's right. That, that's the way to do it. Mm. Yeah, like Roy HG on there to give, have a go at it. Yeah, and yeah, then, something like that, yeah. Now, Paul Gallen, out of the 42 uh, heavyweight boxers in Australia, mm-hmm. where do you reckon his rank is? I'm going to say sixth. Oh, he's a bit higher than that. Oh, really? 13. Okay. Out of the 1,165 in the world, what do you reckon his world ranking is? Oh, man. Uh, I'd say in the 900s. 278. No way. Yeah, man. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wouldn't you love to see him, like, just jag a boxing match against a proper heavyweight? Oh, yeah. Just to see where he's at. Yeah. Like, take on the Australian champion, for starters. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't have a clue who the Australian heavyweight champion is, eh? Well, if not even him. Maybe take on Solomon Hormona, who once was the heavyweight champion. Yeah, he was a, pro- he was a proper puncher. Yeah. He was he a threw, scary puncher. He threw utter bombs. Yeah. Um, speaking of Paul Gallon, mm-hmm. there was a tweet today that someone put out. I don't know if you saw this or not. Um Someone was looking through some pictures of, you know, properties to buy in real estate. Yeah. And I saw one, and it's a mural with five five people's faces on it. Yeah. And it's apparently called the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. And the people that's got in there are Albert Einstein, <laughs> Jesus, Buddha, a young Arnold Schwarzenegger, and front and centre is Paul Gallen. Did he commission it himself? I, I, I don't think he did. This is going to be the most insane combination of people I've ever yeah, heard of. What the hell? That's crazy. <laughs> so, like, have you seen that mural that they did of the, um, the head of the firefighting in New South Wales when no. everything burned down about a year ago, and no. they they did a mural of the guy. And, it like, they put it on the news and it's like, oh, it's a mural of this dude, government worker, blah, blah, blah. And the next day it had been graffitied over. Oh. And so they went back there and they did the whole, oh, it's terrible, it's vandalism, blah, blah, blah. And so now they've got two guards posted on the side of a railway track 24-7 to guard this mural. <laughs> and it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, so stupid. Oh, jeez. Oh, what do you do? The I government think, uh, loves wasting money. Well, all governments do. It's, it's pretty much their own. That's all they can do these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, On that magnificent note, I think we yeah. can probably wrap this one up. Yeah, now that you're all depressed about the wastage of your taxpayers' funds by the government... Have well, a either, nice day. <laughs> either that or Paul Gallon sharing a picture with Einstein, Jesus, and Buddha. Which one of them do you think is the smartest? <laughs> I'll tell you what. How about the fans get in touch with us and tell us what they think? Who's this? Okay. Uh, maybe don't rate them smartest to dumbest because, you know, the internet hates every fucking opinion you've ever put out there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. It is. Um, but yeah, what a picture. That's fantastic. That's gone on the Instagram page. Yeah, chuck it up, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you buy Manscaped. 
for all your manscaping needs. Use our code NRL. You'll get 20% off. Free shipping, 30-day money-back guarantee. Fantastic. Check us out on YouTube, uh, on LinkedIn, on MySpace. MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just taking the piss there. What else did we do? Instagram. Instagram. Fergo on Instagram. Uh, What else? Facebook. We're on all of it. Yeah, if there's any social media accounts you want us on, let us know. We'll get on it. We'll get a Bebo account, even. There you go. We're going to put that in there, too. Don't know what they do. Too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you all next time.